And welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Bagoon's Barrage, the State of New England podcast with me, your host as always, Jake Donnelly, a.k.a. The Bagoon. Well, normally we would talk about just how fantastic the State of New England is right now. Of course, the Boston Bruins, after a two-year absence, are back, finally, yes, 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 back in the NHL playoffs. It is a problem that their entire decor is essentially depleted right now. No Brandon Carlo, no Tory Krug, but the Bruins side Charles McAvoy to a three-year entry-level contract, which is going to essentially become a two-year because he's going to be thrown directly into the fire. But the Bruins play the Ottawa Senators, a team that, despite not beating during the regular season, I actually have a very, very good feel about that game on Wednesday night between the Bruins and the Senators and the the series as a whole, I feel like the Bruins, with just how much experience they have outside of that decor, I feel like the those first couple of lines for the Bruins, the Bergeron, Marsh, and Backus line, as well, hey, even the Pasternak and Krejci line, and you've still got guys like Drew Stafford, I feel like they're going to get it done, and Tuka Rask has been playing out of his mind the last couple of weeks. But we're not going to talk about the Bruins. No, we're not even going to talk about the Boston Celtics, who, thanks to the collapse of the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday against the Miami Heat, looks like the Celtics are going to get the number one seed in the playoffs. All they have to do, again on Wednesday, is defeat the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics are going to be the number one seed throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. Now, it's not huge because of the home court advantage necessarily. It looks like they might be playing the Bulls. It looks like as the eight seeds, they'll have to see how that all falls together, how the dominoes fall. But what's really huge is right now, it looks like the Celtics are going to be playing if they win their first round series. It looks like if everything goes to chalk, the Celtics will play the Washington Wizards as opposed to the Toronto Raptors. And the Raptors, of course, a team that the Celtics have a ton of problems with. So much better break there for the Celtics if they do, in fact, end up playing the Washington Wizards in round number two. Of course, they have to get everything done in round number one. But it is nice to know that no matter whom you will be playing throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs, the Celtics will have that home court advantage. We're not even going to be talking about the Boston Red Sox here today. The Boston Red Sox essentially fielding a quadruple-A team because they have, they keep saying the flu and flu-like symptoms. It looks more like a stomach bug because guys are just almost reacting as if it's the bubonic plague. And I think this is the same flu that we have seen with the Bruins, the same flu we have seen with the Celtics, and now it has made its way over to Fenway Park and across Yawkey Way. It looks like it's the same flu throughout the three teams. Just happy that the New England Patriots aren't playing right now. It's the offseason for them. But despite the fact that the Boston Celtics are essentially fielding a quadruple-A team, they're not doing too poorly. They dropped three out of four against the Detroit Tigers. Should have split that series. But, you know, not a lot to discuss in that series because it's essentially the Paw Sox against the Detroit Tigers. And if you expect the Red Sox to take a series from the Tigers when... 
it's really AAA players that are filling out that roster for the most part. Well, you've got another thing coming and you don't quite necessarily understand baseball. So we're not going to talk about any of that and just how fantastic the state of New England is right now with a number one seed, with the Boston Bruins back into the playoffs, and with the Red Sox season finally getting underway. No, because everything is in a good spot right now. A good buddy of mine who jumped in on some of my broadcasts last season with the Wilmington Blue Rocks, Alex Brown, he took a look at my best dirty players of all time article and said, hey, I've gotta, I've gotta talk to you about that. And well, for that, he called in, and this is our call of the day. All right, so here with Alex Brown. Alex, how you doing tonight? It's great to be on the show. Ever since the first episode, I've been dying to call in. Hey, you were with me with the Wilmington Blue Rocks last season when I was down in Wilmington, Delaware, and you were one of the only reasons that I was able to, you know, even exist and live beyond last season. Because without a one Mr. Alex Brown, I probably would have taken a tack hammer to my face sometime around June. So I have to say thank you for that. I appreciate that, Jake. But you know, it's just weird. It's not the fifth inning. No, it's not the fifth inning. It's not fifth innings with Brownie right now. It's Bagoon's Barrage with me, Bagoon, and you, Alex Brown, a.k.a. Brownie. Even, so Bagoon and Brownie, that's got better. a good ring. Bagoon and Brownie. It's got a real good ring to Dude, it. We'll pitch it to ESPN Radio someday. Hey, absolutely. Uh, with a lot of the stuff that's getting on air now and everybody that's saying something stupid and, more importantly, getting pulled off of air, um, you know, yeah. maybe, why not? Just throw a couple of these podcasts together and make it do, make it happen. But, uh, yeah, thank you for absolutely. doing this. And, okay, so... Obviously, you caught the latest article, which was kind of like the biggest rats and the dirtiest, best players of all time. So this isn't obviously like the dirtiest guys of all time. This isn't like a Ty Domi. This isn't like a Charles Oakley who's just going to punch you whenever he feels like it. These are the best. Are those Zach Ronaldo's out there? Right. No Zach Ronaldo's exactly. And, of course, Ronaldo was on the Bruins, and one of the guys that was really the impetus behind that article was a Brad Marchand because Marchand is dirty, dirty, dirty. He had three offenses in 2015. He didn't have any in 2014. He had a couple in 2013. And everybody thought, because he didn't do anything wrong in 2016, oh, you know, he's back. He, he's figured it out. He's just going to be the superstar now. He's not going to be dirty. And I kind of like laughed at everybody going, have you watched this guy before? And then, of course, this series kind of lost it. And he had the spear to Jake Dotchin, which, okay, what was your reaction when you saw that spear as a Philadelphia Flyers fan? I mean, how do you react to something like that, dude? Besides to go up a couple of octaves? Yeah, yeah but you know what? You know what? You go up a couple of octaves, but as a Flyers fan, you're, you're like the open target over the years for dirty players. Because Every, everybody thinks the Flyers are the dirtiest team. Yeah, so you say, uh, let's go like, bro, you're from Philly. <laughs> okay, so, you so have, what? You have enough room to talk. <laughs> so, what you get a lot is you can't say anything simply because you root for the Flyers. 
Pretty much. Now, is that a Flyers thing, or is it just the Phil? Is it Philadelphia yeah, in general? Do you guys? Thing. Does it come back? Okay, is it twofold? Before we get into like who your favorite guys are on that list and who you think are the best dirty players of all time, as a Philadelphia guy, and I think this is true, and I think you might agree with me that everybody thinks Philly is the dirtiest fan base in terms of how you guys act. Does that go back to Santa? List the snowballs, and does that go back right. to the batteries? Let's clear one thing up Defend about Santa. And the okay, snowballs. yep, I've heard you do this they, rant. They pulled, a, they pulled a drunk, skinny guy out of the crowd. You can't say, like, that guy didn't deserve to get felt. Right, okay, it, around Christmas time, whereas if it was you in a Santa outfit, it'd look a little bit more like yeah, Santa. It absolutely would have worked if it was me. I don't think any snowballs would have been thrown. Right, because no one actually wants to hit a heavier set guy dressed as Santa around Christmas no matter what you're doing. Exactly. That's a fair... Even, even though, and also the Eagles had not won a single home game that year. That was the last home game of the regular season. So I think just fans were already in a bad mood going into that day. Alright, so this pent-up frustration and then, hey, maybe it was because the guy didn't look like Santa and tried to look like Santa. Maybe that was something that had to do with it. Yeah, but I, I definitely think that that's part of what gets us this this bad reputation. But I also feel like they the Philadelphia fans try to embody the Broad Street Bullies from back in the day with like Bob Clark, where they just they would dump the puck into the zone and they would skate in. Their goal was to knock the crap out of you, and it worked too. Because what did they do? Oh yeah, they won a Stanley Cup. They won several Stanley Cups. Right. So I don't understand why that's a bad thing. It's like when people talk about the big bad Bruins. When the Bruins took over that personality from the 70s teams with the Tasmanian Devil, with Terry Milton, they like that's when they started to go off. That was the 2011 team. They had Sean Thornton was a huge proponent of playing that way. And when they brought in Sean Thornton, all of a sudden it changed the way that the Bruins played and they started winning. So, I mean, that's, but you've got to find that, like, especially in today's hockey, you have to find that even keel, right? That's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you've we've we've discussed Santa. Do we have to discuss the batteries, or can we just forego the batteries? No, we can we can skip J we can skip JD Drew. Okay, we can <laughs> skip JD Drew and the batteries. Okay, so we can jump right into it. Why you called me is because you wanted to discuss my list of the best dirty players of all time. Now, on my list for baseball, I had Pete Rose because I think anybody that is the all-time hits king for American baseball definitely can rank up there in terms of one of the best players, and in Pete Rose's case, one of the best hitters of all time. But then when you take out an all-star catcher during an all-star game and essentially end that guy's career, that's got to be dirty. So that was my guy, and I'll defend him if we have to discuss it in a little bit. But that was for baseball basketball i don't think you can argue with it but i'd love your take on dennis rodman and then for hockey i had brad marchand and Sidney crosby so let's start with hockey because that's the thing that really started the article with hockey who is your best dirty player of all time well if you're gonna say hockey i was gonna say crosby too he's got all this talent but we're, he's dirty is not in the typical tough dirty where he's gonna go hit your stuff and he'll whack at your leg and then as soon as someone reacts he'll call in some big guy like Latang to come in clean up his scraps which pisses me off to no end 
Right. Okay. And isn't that part of it too? Like the whole past no, and mean, the great dirty players, the fact that they don't stand up. How many times have you seen uh, P.K. Zuban get into a fight? How many times have you seen Brad Marchand get into a fight? You never see Sidney Crosby. In fact, the last time I think I remember him getting into a fight, it was because he jumped the guy from behind and started hitting him before the other guy even knew he was in a fight. Isn't that part of what kind of pisses you off when it comes to a guy like right. Crosby? He dri- he absolutely drives me nuts. This little stupid thing that when the Flyers played them in the playoffs one year, like he's that guy who like if someone drops their glove, he'll not, he'll knock it away with the stick as they're going to pick it up. Little pest things that just get under your skin. And then if someone hits him, he he's like, I'm the greatest hockey player on the planet. How dare you touch me? Right, and that's a huge part of it is that you can't touch him because he is a Gretzky. And I get like I get annoyed when you don't have enforcers any longer because at least that made sense to me. But there's no enforcer on the Penguins. Instead, without an enforcer, you have the best player on the ice who just kind of skates away and it's like na 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 na. It's like you know what it is. It's like the younger brother that used to run up to you and hit you from behind and then go sprinting away and like towards mom go and dad to and go. Exactly. <laughs> With like the na 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 na, you can't hit me. And when you're the best player on the ice, why are you doing that? I do not understand it. But then, okay, and I know I'm talking to a Flyers fan, and I know I'm a Bruins fan, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. But with Sidney Crosby, how often in the past month he has speared a guy from behind and he has almost chopped off a guy's finger? Like, those are two really dirty plays, and yet he doesn't get suspended. Whereas Marshan gets suspended. So to me, it's... Like, I, I don't understand how Crosby gets away with it. Because it's obvious. Now, do you think with Marshan... No, he's, he's, he's the face of the NHL. The NHL has no business in taking down Sidney Crosby. A guy like Marshan thought you send a message to the rest of the league. The same thing with Scott Hartnell, with other guys like that who are just who are more vocal about what they do, who are more physical about what they do. It's just the way the game is. You're not going to try to take down Crosby. But Hartnell's a great player. Marchand has been in the top five in scoring and in goal scoring the entire season. Do you think with yeah. Marchand getting the two-game suspension for the spearing, do you think that you'll see suspensions for these great players if they continue to do stuff like this? I mean, I'd like to see a fair, fairly given out punishments, but I mean, there, there's like there's stars and there's superstars, and sometimes you, they uh, you see it a lot in the NBA with how you see LeBron complaining about every minor thing and all the time. People will talk about it, but you see, but you see, like ESPN will would never ever once think to mention that. If you say that on ESPN, you're fired. <laughs> right, right, right. It's hot take central so long as the hot takes don't go against the superstars. Exactly. So I, I think Sidney Crosby is one of those untouchables up there who the NHL kind of has tried to make the face of the league right now. So now if you you're a Flyers fan and you're a Flyers player, is there any recourse? How do you get to Sidney Crosby if he does something dirty? I mean, I remember there was one series where the Flyers played them where they, they, they got under his skin so bad that I think he ended up getting thrown out of the game fighting with Claude Giroux later in the game. Right. Flyers finished four guys on the bench. 
I honestly think you have to have some guy go after him. So you need and a pest. Honest, you need a pest, someone who can play his game. But like you said, like we've been talking about, it's so hard to get away with it with Sidney Crosby. Okay, and okay, you now... You get away with it. I'm but, saying you need someone similar that would play his little mind games, but but uh, unfortunately Crosby can kind of get away with it. other players not as much. But don't the Flyers have that? When Wayne Simmons does his thing, isn't that kind of like he gets under people's skin, but he can also throw down. He's a big dude. Can't, but, and that's the problem. He's a really good player. But is that the problem? Is that I would never want to get in the boxing ring with, man. He, he, he will not back down to anybody. Right. So isn't that kind of the issue? Is that a lot of these players that are now the instigators, the aggravators out there on the ice, they're also some of the best players on the ice. And would you say that Simmons is at his best when he's being his most annoying? Yeah, I absolutely, 100% would agree with that, Jake. And it, you're absolutely right. The better players in the ice are doing this now. You don't have as many of these. Like We brought up Zach Ronaldo a little bit earlier. That guy was out there. He was there like, all right, we need a big hit. We need to get a fight, get the team going. We're down by a goal or two. That's our guy. They don't, you know, you honestly just don't see that anymore. The, the old-fashioned tough guy who's going to go out there with the sole purpose of knocking somebody out. Okay, Okay. so I'll ask you this. For you, does having some of the better players out there being also some of the more annoying players out there, does it make it harder or more enjoyable to watch hockey for you? I honestly, I grew up at a time where I loved watching the, the, the Flyers dump the puck in and knock the crap out of each other, which you really don't see uh, nearly as much of. But what I will say is, the skill, the overall skill of the players is better, and that is fun to watch. You can see some pretty amazing top 10 style moves all the time, which I, I don't know if it's better for the game. I think for the game to progress, I mean, we've seen it with football and concussions. Hockey players are taking just as many hits to the head, I feel. Right. So and I feel like it's, it's probably just a natural progression of how the game is moving right now. Okay. To say, keep it a little bit safer or whatever. Okay, but you still sidestep the question. <laughs> Is it more right. enjoyable to you or no? No. Right, no. okay. And that's my problem too. It's like I love Brad Marchand. He is so much fun to watch. I like his annoying factor and how much that he can like kind of throw guys off of their game. But at the same time, even though I'm rooting for the Boston Bruins, I kind of want somebody to just take a run at him every so often because he's detracting from the flow of the game. Now, it was awesome yeah. in 2011 when he was really just, he was single-handedly destroying the Vancouver Canucks because the Canucks were just getting more and more pissed off with him, and they would not play their game. The Canucks couldn't do anything against the Bruins at home because the crowd was getting behind Marshand, and Marshand was just face-washing everybody after every whistle. So I, I'll admit I'm being wicked hypocritical here, but I bet you haven't heard wicked something in a while, huh? With me being gone. But I, uh, no, I, I got an old college roommate from Boston. I talked to him the other day. Saw the, saw the word wicked come up a couple times. <laughs> okay. So I enjoy it, but at the same time, to me, it detracts. And I just, I kind of want a guy like Marshad to get his comeuffins. Comeuffins? Comeuffins every so often. And I don't like the fact that 
you don't see that any longer. Are you of the same opinion? Yeah, I'm 100% of the same opinion. I mean, you would kind of, you root for your team, and the thing is, you, you try to notice the faults in the other players that act like that, and you try to act like everyone on your team is perfect, but it's just, it's not reality. Right. And if they're helping out your team, Jack Edwards likes to say he's a 1-29 in guy. If he's on your team, only one set of fan bases like him. If he's yeah. not on your team, there's 29 fan bases that absolutely despise the guy. Absolutely. Right. So that's the Brad Martian. So you would say right now in hockey, and probably of all time, it's a good battle between Brad Marchand and Sidney Crosby, but you'd give it to Crosby because he's more... Um, he's Crosby actually just, better. Crosby, not, not only is he better, but I, I just feel like I, I, he just kind of spits on the old way of playing hockey where he, he'll, he'll do these little annoying things when other people fight his battle for him. Which it's is lack not of the way up. that we all grew up. Which is all the way we, which is not the way we grew up watching hockey. I mean, it's just it's the progression of the game, but... And as I, a guy I that's like a Flyers fan, LeBron, that is, I'm the best in the world. Uh, that I can't be touched. Right. Uh, that's what I really don't like about him. And as a Flyers guy, that's like the antithesis of how you grew up and all the stories you heard, because the Flyers were the team to take it to other teams. Yeah. No. And the people would always tell me you're you're got the thir- you're a fan of the dirtiest team in the world, and you, and you say nah. You don't know what you're talking about. They're great. <laughs> right. And the Flyers, but, if they're dirty, they still stood up. If they did something dirty, they would yeah. then go and fight, and they would take it on the chin. Whereas what we see now is yeah. a guy does something dirty and then acts as if he didn't do it when there's 18 different camera angles that show him, and he's still after the game, says, yeah. oh, yeah, no, totally by accident. And you just want to punch him. Exactly. I mean, Jake, he could not have said that any better. All right. So... We've gotten hockey down. Sidney Crosby, worst best player or best dirty player of all time. Agreed? Agreed. All right. So I love the fact we're in agreement on this one. But now we have to go to one where I didn't even think about this, and I was kind of disappointed with myself. But with baseball, I went with Pete Rose for taking out Ray Fozzie in the All-Star game. You immediately, immediately, and again, you're a Philadelphia fan, but you immediately went, no, 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 no. You overlooked somebody. Who did I overlook? It's my boy, Chase Utley. (laughs) So you say your boy, right? Chase Utley is your boy. Why do you like Chase Utley? Before we get into the dirty, why do we like Chase Utley as a uh, Philadelphia Phillies fan? Chase Utley is the Charlie Hustle of our generation. Similar way to Pete Rose. He never jogged out a ground ball. I feel like we're talking about two of the same players, just different generations. He's one of those few players left who's still going to run in to the catcher if he could. He he slid five five feet out of the bag to take out the shortstop in the playoffs. For the Dodgers, it was great, and it completely flipped that series. Broke a leg and everything. Right. It was the biggest argument of my life with someone about that. That Chase Utley's just. He's not dirty. He's just a hard player, but you know what? <laughs> we all know. But that's the thing. Dirty players are hard players. Now, Utley, and that's why I made exactly. and I came up with the article I did, was because everybody can be a dirty player. The worst guys in the world can be dirty players, but I want the guys that are good. And Chase Utley is better than good. Chase Utley is a terrific player. Yeah, for, I mean, 
mean, for that for that period of time, that five years or so, I think he probably was the best all around baseball player there was. And defensively, the way he, hit the ball, he could hit for power. He could hit. He could hit for average. He could field the ball better than anybody. And that lineup he's a too, fantastic baseball player. Right, and when you were trotting out Jimmy Rollins, like that's a that's a hell of an up the middle duo, and Jimmy Rob, uh, Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, and they played off of each other really well. How much fun was it to watch them two growing up? Jake, it, it was incredible. Jimmy he was the first one to really come up to see something because they were they were just a terrible team. When Larry Bowe took over the team. They got Utley, but they lost Scott Rowland. And then they got this Charlie Daniel. They bring up, they got Tommy. Tommy was there for two years, and this kid Howard came up. And then you had Howard, Utley, and Was Rollins. Stairs in there like at the same time? Matt Stairs was picked up in Owing as a after July 31st trade. Okay, right, right, right. Here they won the World Series. And Matt Stairs. Biggest pinch hit home run ever. <laughs> is he a cult hero? He's a cult hero for like four different teams. Is he a cult hero for the he's Phillies? He's a cult hero, absolutely. He's actually the hitting coach for the Phillies right now. He, and he just looks like a guy that you would find in every single beer league softball game. Like that's one of my favorite things about. If you asked me and you said, come up with a Canadian baseball player, I would pretty much come up with Matt Stairs, and I wouldn't change a thing. That's about <laughs> No, the funny is, Jake, you, you would love this as a broadcaster yourself. He uh, took over as the Phillies color guy after he retired. So he was on the TV broadcast. Uh, yeah, and I heard like, a What couple. do you think of this guy? And I, said, and I just said to him, I just said, you know what? He sounds like you're like sitting and chatting at a bar. It doesn't sound like he's like one of these guys in a suit and tie on Sunday for football. Like, he literally sounds like he's just sitting up at a bar drinking a beer, going like, oh, well, he shouldn't have swung at that fish. Okay, so while we're having this discussion, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it seems to be like the Phillies just kind of reincarnate guys. Okay, so you have Chase Utley. Lenny Dykstra, what's your opinion of Nails? What's Dykstra, man? Is he sitting in jail right now? Uh, I think so. I think Lenny Dykstra is in jail. But Lenny Dykstra, the player, is that like a perfect, you go from Chase Utley to Lenny Dykstra to Charlie Hustle? You're like 30, and I'm like only like 22. So like, you (laughs) forget, he was a little before my time. True, but it's like they have the same player. I mean, I've heard stories of Lenny Dykstra and the kind of player he was, and Mm. but... I never actually, like, growing up, like, witnessed the Lenny Dykstra era. True, true, true. But I'm just trying to think, like, the Phillies, they keep getting these same guys. Because you mentioned Chase Utley, and he's, like, the Charlie Hustle of the last, like, 15 years. But then uh, 25 years ago, they had Nails, who was the Lenny Dykstra, who was the Charlie Hustle of the late 80s and early 90s. And I'm talking about Matt Stairs and how much of a cult hero Matt Stairs is. But then the Phillies also had John Cruck who is like the original embodiment of Matt Stairs and the guy that's sitting next to you in the bar having a drink. John, Johnny Cruck is actually on the TV now. He took over for Matt Stairs. Okay. John Cruck is just the ultimate funny guy in the world. You could, And he, he would say stuff like, if Jose Bautista, if I was a pitcher and Bautista did his bat flip, he'd be tackled before I get the, he got the first base. And you'd believe him too He's because just, he'd do that. Oh, 100% believe Matt, uh, he would do that. And you you have to believe a man with one testicle. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it's always... What do you say to that? 
No, you just you just hope that the person moves on from that part of the conversation. So Chase yeah, Utley, really. <laughs> so when you come, so I talk about Ray Fozzie getting knocked over uh, in the All-Star game as like one of the dirtiest plays in the history of baseball. Chase Utley has one of the dirtiest plays in the history of baseball with the slide that we were talking about uh, from the playoffs yeah, a couple years back. I mean, there, there, I try to defend that. When you watch that in slow motion, jump out far out of the baseline, he went to take the hot out. But, it's, it's amazing. But Chase me, Utley had one idea in mind. I'm going to knock this guy on the ground. All right. I'm going to knock him out, and hopefully, like, you can honestly think he's going, not only am I going to knock him out, hopefully I kind of hurt him a little bit so he's not here for the rest of the series. <laughs> like, I don't think it's too much no. to guess that that was kind of what was going through his head. No, the funny thing so I, when that happened, I was going to college in New York. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I broke out the, the bomber at the very next day and wa- it strutted through campus with so much pride. <laughs> <laughs> so you were there, you were trolling hard on the campus of Ithaca uh, College. I, I, I had a, I had a big Mets fan in class go after me, and I, I just said, "Bring it on, Chase!" And he's like, "Yeah, just, just admit it. He's, he's a scum." And I just said, uh, "He's a goat." <laughs> <laughs> he's the goat. He's just the go. dirtiest goat. Yeah, okay. Here. So I, I like He's that. The, the other one that I, I was... Professor was oh, the professor was like 65 years old. He was like, what does that mean? I'm like, He's a goat. <laughs> Just repeat it over and over. Over and over again until the guy shut up. <laughs> <laughs> How good did you feel the rest of that day? I, I felt like a champ. <laughs> and hey, is Holy Chase Utley a champ? And the Dodgers could have... No, he, uh, he was an 08 champ. He didn't finish that year. That's but that's what I was saying. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'd, ra- I'd almost rather him honestly just be a Philly champion. Yeah, <laughs> and player I, of all time. But and it's be nice, to, nice to have that day. Yeah, and I like so that's the thing because I was brought up. My pops is I told you a bunch of times. I've said a bunch of times on this program. My pops is no spring chicken. He's in his mid seventies, so he gets so annoyed watching today's baseball because guys don't take these hard slides at second base and they don't do a bunch of other stuff i like whereas i don't like the pests in hockey when it comes to baseball i absolutely love guys like chase oddly and i love the pitchers that will throw high and tight and end up like staring down the batter go yeah exactly you want to pimp you want to pimp a home run i'm gonna throw one in your ear hole so it's kind of funny how it's it's almost hypocritical don't like it in hockey, love it in baseball. No, the funniest thing is the Phillies were in the playoffs one year. They're playing the Dodgers, and Chase Utley broke his bat on a foul ball. And he's got this like image of a dirty player. He picked the bat up and literally just chucked it right the pitcher's foot like nonchalantly. <laughs> Both benches clear. <laughs> because he just wanted to start something. He just wanted to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and in baseball, it's like, okay, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, he wants to speed up games. He wants to make everything more interesting. No, 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 no. Take a page yeah. out of hockey. Get these guys that are going to annoy the ever-living crap out of everybody else so that there's actual animosity when teams are playing each other. Give me that. Don't give me the ho-hum, no, everybody's a friend. No, and, and just not to get too far off topic, but this whole like pitch clock and stuff in baseball. I went to two Phillies games this week. They use the clock. It's three seconds. The mound is still going on. So they just shut it off. Like, oh, no, never mind. Right. I'm going to force it. 
Yeah. You make all these rules, and you're like, all right, well, if you're going to put a clock on for how long the mound is, it's going to be, enforce it. Don't, don't like, turn it off. Like, oh. And, and, and I'm with you. I don't understand that. And as a former catcher, I cannot stand the four-pitch intentional walk because one of my favorite things in the world is watching a pitcher who gets paid millions of dollars all of a sudden start to just quake at the knees because he doesn't know how to throw the baseball 60 feet 6 inches when he's trying to throw it chest high. It's amazing how dumb the animal of the pitcher is when you watch them try to throw an intentional pitch. Well, you know, you have to, speaking as someone who was a pitcher, you think of, when you have to intentionally walk, you think about it. Right. It's in your head, you're like, oh God. As oh opposed God, to something you do away. natural. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, no, uh, I mean, naturally, you're going sort to of, bring that leg up and you're going to throw it in as hard as you can. Right. It's the old dad. You're like, nuclear all right, I'm going to take a little off this. I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah, it's the old Nuke Lelouch line. Uh, don't hurt, don't think, you'll only hurt the club. Exactly. And you see the pitcher out on the mound going for the intentional walk, and you know he's thinking, and you know he's about to hurt the club. Okay, so we've hit baseball, we've hit hockey. Now, what I want from you, because you are a guy that enjoys some of the weirder sports out, not weirder, just non American sports. I want you to give me the wild card. You get a choice between soccer and cycling. You tell me, pick which sport, and you tell me the dirtiest guy from either one of those sports that you want to discuss and why. Well, if you had to pick the dirtiest guy in cycling, I think it's pretty obvious who it is. Lance Armstrong. I was about to say, it's got to be Lance Armstrong, yes. Now he's dirty. The guy who who had the biggest lie in sports history. Mm -hmm. And he did a great job at it. But okay, so not to like go too long on this, but wasn't everybody doping? Every single person was doing it. They had a team program, and the thing was like they would come to test them at night, and they knew if they like held out an extra hour, the stuff would be out of their system. So they'd turn all the lights off and hide under the bed. <laughs> so the testers came and they'd have to come back an hour later or something. To me, that's awesome. I mean, you should get credit for that. I love Gaylord Perry and the fact he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I love the fact that Lance Armstrong went to those extremes and the United States Post Office team went to those extremes to hide the doping. No, they said if you like, if you looked at the trash that they would throw out at the end of the day, yeah, there'd be like a can of Coca Cola with like syringes in them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, you never think to open the Coca Cola. <laughs> okay, so there's one thing I can't. Okay, who was the bald? Um, was it was he Belgian or German? Ulrich. Who is the guy that lands? Jan Ulrich. Jan, Jan Ulrich. Ulrich. I couldn't yeah. remember the first name. Jan Ulrich. He's a German man. German. German guy. One of the most dominating things I've ever seen was in the middle of those seven in a row when they were climbing up yeah. one of the longest and steepest mountains. Like Armstrong. Olivier. Right, the Olivier. He was just hanging right behind him, and like Armstrong, he, wasn't he pretending to look more tired than he actually was? And then he just I mean, he, blew he, he, by him. He and played he, mind games with people. Right. And that was like the most devastating thing to ever happen during a Tour de France. Is that a correct statement? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so... I mean, that exact line, too, he got knocked over by a fan. Ulrich like or their, their Armstrong? Yeah, like caught. Armstrong did. Yeah. But he, like, 
he, so they waited for him. He slowed down. He looked like his leg was bleeding, and he like started like pouting. And as soon as they all looked down, he took off, and they didn't see him again. <sighs> So to me, that's awesome. To, to me, to be that dirty, to go out and deny. Again, see, I'm such a hypocrite. In the hockey, I'm like, it's awful. In baseball, I'm like, it's fantastic. In cycling, I'm like, it's one of the greatest things in the world. I love Lance Armstrong. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Used every trick of the trade in order to come up with his dominance. He was dominance. the best year of all time. <laughs> right. And if he, didn't come, if he didn't come back in 2009, he probably would have got away with it. <sighs> see, and I just feel so bad for him. I really do. I really, well, really did. Was so, was so cleaned up by them that he was like, "All right, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna win it, and no one will know. <laughs> they like, they can't, they can't possibly question me now if I win today." Lance, you're cycling. You still have a syringe left in your arm, buddy. You gotta take care of that first. Yeah, seriously. All right, and then the final one. Do you think there's any idea and way to argue with Dennis Rodman being the best, high, most highly skilled, dirty player of all time for basketball? You know, I honestly didn't put much thought into basketball, and you said that, and there, there's really no denying. Right. No denying there. So, you can watch old video of him. Oh, and it's great. I mean, you could, the, the, the old Pistons teams that played Jordan had some bad bad guys on them who were tough and everything, but, I mean, Dennis Rodman, and he was on that team. And he pissed off Magic, too. It. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When he was on against I the mean, Pistons. I mean, there really is Allen. no denying. Yeah. What? Against the Pistons, I mean, Pistons against the Magic. It was so uh, against the Lakers. I mean, with Magic. Yeah. So he could play defense and he could rebound. That was literally all he could do. And the man is in the NBA Hall of Fame because of how highly skilled he was at those two things. And then he was also the dirtiest guy in the world. One of my favorite YouTube videos is him going up against Allen Iverson. And he would rabbit punch Iverson throughout the game. Whenever there was a chance for him to like have a flailing arm, he would hit Iverson. I'm saying this because you're a Phillies fan. Or a Philadelphia. You know what, man? Uh, people like, had to go after Iverson. Iverson would not stay down. Yeah, he and was. I remember you watched the old videos and Rodman's like, all right, we got to take this out a little bit. Yeah. And it was great. I loved, and I love guys like that because I enjoy, and I think it's, is it, is it a skill to be so annoying and be so dirty that you can throw somebody off of their game? Is that a skill? I guess that's the question I, I was trying to ask Absolutely. throughout the entire article. Is that a viable skill and is that a valuable skill? To get under someone's skin and play mind games in sport is absolutely a skill. I mean, in baseball, like we said, to have someone like Chase Utley barreling at you, like, am I going to be able to, you're in their head. Are they, is that going to affect the throw? Right, can I stay in that hockey going to get under my skin enough that I'm going to take a dumb penalty trying to retaliate? I think it's absolutely a skill. And the people who can push it to that right limit are the ones who succeed the most. And from a, a lot of these guys that we've been talking about, they're all Hall of Famers. Like, that's the thing yeah, that they no, have in common. The thing is, like, Rodman doesn't exist in NBA, in, in the NBA today the way he played. He right. might still be able to defend and rebound, but he's not playing as dirty as he did back then. I would say Marcus without. Smart is maybe the closest guy to that. A Marcus Smart, a Ron, Orte, uh, Ron Artest, and a Matt Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> Those Ron are Artest the closest. Ron it out in the crowd with a fan. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so last thing I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. So all of the guys we have discussed, we've we've been going sport by sport. If you had to pick one of those guys from all of the sports 
and rate them against the others, who would be the best dirty player of all time? Would it be Sidney Crosby? Would it be Dennis Rodman? Would it be your boy Chase Utley? But taking the skill and taking the pest aggravating instigator factor from all of the sports that we've discussed, who's your best dirty player of all time? I'm going to go with mine is Dennis Rodman because of just how, honestly, how little skill he had at everything else. For him to be that good and to be one of the best rebounders of all time and to be one of the best defenders of all time and then to also be just purely psychotic and you never knew what he was going to do, whether he was going to headbutt an official or if he was going to kick for some reason a cameraman in the groin you just never knew what he was going to do so that's my best dirty player of all time now his skill kind of holds him down and remember you're a flyers fan so if you want to go with cindy crosby you absolutely can but who's your best dirty player of all you know time? what I, I i i would not go with crosby and i would not go with crosby okay i think crosby's natural skill is there without him being a pest. So I don't think the pest is what makes him good. Okay. A lot of these guys, the edge they have is part of what makes them great, like Dennis Rodman, like you said. I think the skill is there with Crosby that he doesn't need to do all this extra stuff that annoys both of us. It's almost a, a non-factor player. compared to the skill he actually Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I, I fully, we fully agree that he's, he's dirty and it's part and the of best the player in the NHL. But, <laughs> Yeah, but it's not exactly why he is the best player in the NHL. Whereas you think with all these other guys, that is actually why they are good is because they have to tap in to that part of their personality? I, I, I feel like every all the other guys we've listed, Pete Rose, I think that was a mind game with people. Mm-hmm. He was going to run at you as hard as he could. Chase Utley's a similar way. Dennis Robin, you could be you could be down on the ground before you knew it. So, I mean, to, to pick the best one, I mean, it's tough. Might even be uh, Sue in the NFL for the Lions. That guy was a beast for so many years. Stepping on people's heads. <laughs> this is true. I mean, That's the guy I went with the NFL. <laughs> so, gun to your head. Yep. I mean, the thing is, I want to say Utley, but it's not Utley. Yeah. Uh, if we had to pick a baseball player, it probably would be Pete Rose. Yeah. All-time hit leader. And it's because he hustled his way through it. He had that attitude about him. Or he was going to get and that probably got him a bunch of extra hits the way he played the game. There are people who would probably hit the ball immediately off the back, oh, I'm not beating that out, start jogging. So I think the attitude that Pete Rose came in and played with is probably, if you had to pick someone whose game was uh, taken to the next level because of the dirtiness of the way they played or the toughness in which they played, it'd probably be Pete Rose. All right, so I think your your answer right there is Charlie Hustle, the original Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose. Is that the original? Not 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 the, not the second coming of Charlie Hustle. Not the second coming. All right, so that's your answer. Yes, that's my answer. All right, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. I'm happy that my article sparked something in you that you wanted to discuss and appreciate this. We got to do this again soon. Absolutely, Jay. All right. That was Alex Brownie. Brownie from Philadelphia, my broadcast partner last season. And that will do it here on Bagoons Barrage, a very special edition of Bagoons Barrage, the state of New England podcast. But today we took a break and we discussed our best dirty players of all time. 
But as I said, that will do it from New England. And as always, go New England.